good evening. Evening? I feel like I do this every time. Yeah, evening. And welcome to Beware of Spoilers. I am Adam. As always, if you want to support the show, you can go to multipleworldproductions.com slash pre-orders and pre-order um, either our past... Nope, not our past. Not fine. Fine, already came out. We Are Better Than Our Worst Instincts, which comes out in June. It is a sequel to Our Past Does Not Define Us. Or you can go and pre-order Echo Delta Part 1, which is a sequel to um, Echo Alpha, which came out last November, and now coming out this November. Again, multipleworldproductions.com slash pre-orders, and the link will be also in the description. So, what are we here to discuss? We're here to discuss Tales of the Jedi, because I was working at a desk all day, and therefore could watch the entire run of the show while I was at work. Because um, it's a short show, that's the other thing, too, that we have to take into consideration, is that it's not a particularly long um, time commitment, because it's six episodes that are 15 to 20 minutes each, and then excluding credits and, and the, the logo that is, you know, I, I don't know, I feel like... At this point, now that Disney owns Fox, they should just throw the Fox fanfare in front of it. Um, because it's, it's very obvious that's what they're trying to do with this logo. But for whatever reason, they're not. Like, whatever. It, it, is, it is what it is. Um, so, what we're looking at is this interesting shift in storytelling. We're looking at the... The arrival of, um, what's it called? The arrival of, uh, telling more stories centered around the prequels that aren't just the Clone Wars. Which is an interesting and worthwhile endeavor. Um, because it's, it is, you know, there is a lot that goes into the fall of the Republic, and it's not just the three movies that we saw, and it's not just the Clone Wars series either. And this show really dives into that. Um, the, the, the first episode about Ahsoka, her origin is kind of interesting, and that's a cool thing to really dive into. Um, like, that's that's a great way to start the show out and really set the tone, because it's got this this very great... It's a great soundtrack, and it feels a lot like Avatar. I, I just... My only concern with this episode is that this episode would have felt more impactful if we hadn't already seen this with Grogu and, you know, on the Mandalorian. I've already seen this origin story for for someone with the Force. Um, and it's the same thing also this happens with, uh, with Ezra. Um, Ezra Bridger has a similar thing with the wolves. And it's, you know, it, I, I don't need to see this again. Uh, I think seeing it again is a waste of, you know, time, for lack of a better word. Um, so, it, it, it's cool, though, and, and it, it does shed a little light on her. The next pod of four episodes, three episodes, is among some of the best storytelling in in Star Wars. And if you like these three episodes, go pick up Dooku, um, Dooku Jedi Lost. Um, it's an audio adventure that you can pick up on Audible or audiobooks.com probably or wherever you get your audiobooks. Um, I, when I listened to it the first time, I listened to it via, um, the library. I think it's Libby is the app that you can listen to audiobooks you can take out from your library with your library card. And it, so it's not just Audible, because I know you can't do that for Audible exclusives, like the Sandman or, um, uh, the Stanley Alliances series. 
Um, but it's interesting. Um, and, it, and it tells the story of what went into Dooku's decision to leave the Order and go to um, go back to Sereno. Um, this takes the 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 view of like that that story tells about what it was in his personal life and, and and what it was about him that set him apart from other Jedi, being that he had the attachment to to other to, to family that other Jedi don't have. Specifically, they're not allowed to have. And he's got, you know, he's got that attachment, and, and he is, you know, dealing with the attachment. Um, and, like, that, that is a, like, you know, that's a great story to tell. Then you get to uh, this, which is, well, that's one thing. But what happened to make him be willing to give up the ideology of the Jedi, too? What happened? And we get into two stories that get into um, what Dooku is dealing with when he's like he's seeing injustice and he just wants to be a good person whereas like we want to do the right thing for the people so he's trying to do the right thing for the people in these two stories the first one with with a very young Qui-Gon as his Padawan and then the second one where he and Mace Windu are dispatched to investigate the death of a Jedi Master and these both both of these stories kind of get into this idea that you know he is interceding in ways the Jedi you know the Jedi Order doesn't want to because they don't want to quote unquote blip politics but it, it's an interesting, you know, it is an interesting look at what causes that. And then we get into, um, I think, the strongest episode on its own. Um, and I think there's one other episode that I think is stronger. Um, but I think that that only works as well if you've seen Clone Wars. The next episode is takes place concurrently with episode one. Like, it takes place during episode one. And it tells the story of how the clones started. To an extent. Not the entire story. But Dooku going in and deleting Kamino from the records. As, uh, uh, and using Master Cypher DS's codes. And, um, and and him hearing... You know, because it, it takes place before and after the, um, the Battle of Naboo. Where he comes back from Tatooine, Qui-Gon, and he's like, look, we saw a Sith Lord in the desert of Tatooine. Like, this is not good. We need to handle this. And then later on, you also get the, we need to, um, what's it called? We need to uh, discuss, like, you know, and, and, and after that, it's, oh, shit, he was right, and now he's dead because we didn't listen to him. And it kind of allows for him to make that full swap. And switch to the dark side, um, and it, it is a it is a really great way of, of telling that story. And then after he does everything he's supposed to, and he, he's despondent, and he goes to um, because because Qui Gon died, and we see a lot of Yaddle in this episode. He talks to Yaddle, and he gets you know he gets you know he gets talks to her, and we we hear how she talks, and I'm like, oh, so Yoda's just an asshole talking that way. Um, whatever. So, he, um, he goes off after Qui-Gon died and Yaddle, Yaddle follows him. And Yaddle follows him to, I think it's Geonosis. Um, now this just opens up a whole host of other questions like, oh, did no, like, how did they recover her body? Or no, it had to not be Geonosis, it had to be somewhere else. I don't think they say where it is, but... Whatever it is, how do they recover her body? How do they find out she died fighting Dooku? Like, 
know that part of the story, but it doesn't fit in here. Um, so the two of them fight um, after she sees him talking to Sidious. It's like, oh, there is a Sith Lord. Not just that one, there's another one. Because um, if you recall, in, in The Phantom Menace, um, after Maul died, there's a conversation with what I think, if I remember, it's definitely Mace Windu, but I think it's Mace Windu and Yoda, where it's like, there are always two, but which one was this, the Master or the Apprentice? And then, now Yaddle has found the other one. And he's also found Dooku, and it's like, well, Dooku's gonna be the new Apprentice, and Dooku, and, and Sidious is like, look, you think you lost, you lost your Apprentice, I also lost an Apprentice in this, I'm not thrilled about this either, this is not how I saw this going. Um, and then, Yaddle comes in and is like, I'm going to put an end to this right here. Dooku and Yaddle fight. Yaddle uh, ends up getting killed, or presumed killed, and then he goes back and talks to you know, Sidious again. But, um, Yaddle lifts the, uh, lifts the, uh, the thing that Dooku had dropped on her to kill her um, with the Force. But that exhausts her, and she's like, don't do this. And he just fucking beheads her. Like, that, like it is just a level of brutality that's unneeded. Or not unneeded, but, like, so, like, monstrous that it's like, oh, he has now fully switched sides at this point. Um, and then we get to, um, the final, you know, two episodes. My personal favorite episode, um, is the next one, where it's Anakin training Ahsoka to dodge... What's it called? To dodge the, uh, um, the, the the clones and learn how to not get killed by the clones, um, and and how to how to dodge them. He's like, look, if you can, like, the droids are droids. They're gonna follow their their programming. They're gonna do the same thing every time. The clones can adapt. They can change. If you can outmaneuver the clones, you can outmaneuver anything. And the whole episode is just her practicing and practicing and practicing and seeing how long she can stay standing, practicing against clones, um, without them getting her with a stun blast. Um, and it's like, it's different places each time we cut, and it's like, she's just continually doing it. It's like, I, I, you lasted five minutes that time. You lasted this long this time. And then we get to the, the end, and it's her and, and Rex on the, um, on the battle cruiser after the Battle of Mandalore, and after she has taken the thing out of, uh, the, the inheritor chip out of, out of Rex's head, and they're about to go into that hangar where all of the troops are, because it's, the plan is going to be, we're going to escape by, you know, we're going to escape this way, we're going to pretend you're a prisoner, we're going to escape this way, as, as we saw in the finale of the Clone Wars, and it's like, I really hope you remember all that training he says to her, as I, it is such a great Episode, I, I think that's the strongest of them all. And I think the last one is strong, too. It's about Ahsoka coming out of retirement after. It's like she goes to Naboo to see the funeral of, of Padme. She's like, she was my friend. I, I'd want to be here for her funeral. Um, and, you know, she's... She, like, because that's the thing, too. Was, we have to keep in mind, she doesn't know that Anakin has turned into Vader. She doesn't know that at this point. And... She can't get that moment to be... And, and at this point, Obi-Wan is presumed dead. And Anakin is presumed dead. And everyone else she knows is presumed dead. But she can't properly get that chance to mourn them. Because they are... They're Jedi. 
and um, what's it called? Um, because they're Jedi, and the Jedi are persona non grata, you know, kind of like the Henry Cavill of their day. Um, and you have all of these things kind of happen, like you know, happening all around her, and, and there is this big public state funeral happening for Padme, and she's gonna go there to get to mourn to be like, look, this is going to be my chance to to kind of express my grief in this way. Maybe I'm reading too far into it, but that's the point of that. She goes there to, to do that. And then we get to the... Um, she meets Bail, and Bail Organa gives her um, a communicator. He's like, look, I, I, I think that, you know, you can be of use to us. We have, we have a resistance. We're not happy about this. We want to... You know, we want to you know, resist and 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 undo the imperial rule. Um, and she's like, I, I'm not going to want to do that. So she does kind of like Obi-Wan. She goes into hiding. She goes to uh, this planet. She's working on a farm. She saves someone's life with the Force. And I'm like, okay, I've seen all of this before because this is just, this is Fallen Order. This is Obi-Wan on Tatooine. This is Obi-Wan when he's fighting Reva in the second one, and it's like, I've, I've seen all of this, I don't need to really see this again, because ultimately it's just going to end with, okay, Ahsoka's out of retirement and back working with Bail Organa, because we know where she is when it comes time to do, um, what's it called, when it comes time for Rebels to happen. So it's not a completely necessary story, it's, it's, it's kind of just a little extra color where it wasn't necessary, but it, I'm not super complaining, like, if the weakest thing is, like, it tells two out of, the, out of the six, two of them are kind of not entirely necessary to have filled in. And, and what they do fill it in with is stuff we've already seen before, but with other characters. I, if that's the worst you, thing you can say about the show, it's a pretty solid show. Um, and I think that it, it is, like, the animated stuff that they do on Disney Plus continue to be some of the strongest that they do. Um, and I don't remember when The Bad Batch comes back, but I think it's coming back this year. Um, with season two, and I'm looking forward to that greatly. Um, I think that, uh, this very nicely, this is better than Visions, because while Visions had a lot of, like, Visions was a lot more visually interesting, because, like, you've seen, if you've seen The Clone Wars, or you've seen Rebels, or you've seen, not, not Resistance, Resistance is a different art style, if you've seen those two shows, or The Bad Batch, you've kind of seen everything that you're gonna see in this show. Like, you've seen the character models, you've seen the the character designs, you've seen the, you know, the planets, you've seen all this stuff before. There's nothing particularly new or unique, um, in there, in that regard. But, seeing these stories play out, and especially diving into the story of Dooku and developing him more from being a cardboard cutout of a villain into being a, a, a full-fledged character with, you know, flaws and, and a, 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 not, like, you can look at him and you can be like, okay, this, I see why he did this. It's kind of like, he's kind of Star Wars' Magneto in that way. Where it's like, you can take his experience and you can take what he's seen, and then when it comes time for him to make that move and, 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 and switch sides and go and join Sidious, you're like, this is the wrong thing, but I completely understand why he, why he made this decision. It totally makes sense for who this character is and what this character wants. Um, want and why he joined the Jedi Order in the first place. It all makes sense. And I think adding that layer to him is a great use of a show like this, especially 
when you compound it with what they did in um, in um, Jedi Lost. I may have called it Fallen Order before, um, but that would be incorrect. Um, if you have not checked it out yet, again, like I said, it is a very short watch. You can get through the entire thing on Disney Plus pretty quickly um, with, uh, with, what's it called, with a, um, like an hour and a half. I think I did the whole thing in an afternoon at work, and then I went back to listening to a podcast. It's, it is worth, worth watching, because this is the way they should be telling stories within this universe, is just do small little digging out in, in various places and see what you can get to, uh, what's it called, see what you can get to, and I'm, I hope they do more of this. Um, and I'm very happy, too, because it's like the way it was kind of built was going to be, like, a different one about each Jedi. And it's like, it's really not. It's, it's really very specifically Ahsoka and Dooku. And, and because you have these two characters who are, who are dealing with, you know... And, and I think that Ahsoka's is less... Like, Dooku is more character-y. Ahsoka is origin. Origin for, for a scene. And then you know, connective tissue between what we knew and what we knew. Um, and I think it's kind of an interesting, like, way to change these characters up. And I think juxtaposing, like, you know, that, like, telling the story the way it is, where it's like, you know, light, and then you have the dark creeping in, and then the, the darkness creep takes over, and then you're in the war, and then it's, you know, ending on a note of optimism is an interesting way to tell this story. Um... So if you have not checked it out yet, definitely check it out. Um, it is included with your Disney Plus subscription. Um, very, very worth your time. Um, but tomorrow morning we have Andor, um, episode 8. Um, I did not watch that today. Tomorrow afternoon I think we're going to talk about, uh, or tomorrow evening, we're probably going to talk about um, the the arrival of a villain that's been teased since season 5 on The Flash. Uh, a relatively new villain in the DC. Is it still a pantheon if it's a villain? Um, like, a, like an anti-pantheon? An antheon? Uh, whatever. It's it, it, another, another you know, a, a new villain in the DC canon is going to be making their debut on The Flash uh, this season. And with a familiar... Um, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it nebulous because I don't want to spoil it until we talk about it tomorrow for those who are interested uh, in finding out. But, you know, a, a similar, uh, uh, an already known entity will be playing the character uh, and not the one that probably should be. And, you know, we'll talk about that tomorrow over on 30 Minute Reviews. Um, but we have uh, tomorrow morning definitely Andor, or Ander, um, as, uh, as what his name says it. Um, Luthen, um, and then definitely have, uh, what's it called, after we will eventually get the peripheral, I've been busy, um, but, um, until then, have a great rest of your week.